Hi, I'm Tom Field, Senior Vice President of Editorial with Information Security Media Group. I'm talking today about nation-state threats to critical infrastructure. It's my pleasure to be speaking with Bernie Collins. He's the Chief Security Officer with Utility Technology Solutions. Bernie, thank you so much for taking time to speak with me today. My pleasure, Tom. Bernie, for our audience, just take a moment, please, to share a bit of your background, both in cybersecurity and in utilities. Certainly. So, uh, you know, anyone who knows me knows that I, I like to say that I've been in security since, you know, before it was cool. So I've been a practitioner my entire career. I started out in the Department of Defense as a special agent focused on counterintelligence, counterterrorism, and counterespionage. And back then, it was my job to understand our adversaries, to learn, to be able to spot and track their tradecraft and exploit that knowledge to protect U.S. defense information, secrets, and technology. And when information technology was introduced into the Department of Defense, that became my, my job as well. So there was a natural bridge for me into cybersecurity. So I've been doing that for a long time. When I left the uh, Department of Defense, I went into the commercial world, and I, I started out running a boutique cybersecurity consulting firm uh, that was focused across a variety of industries, including government, healthcare, pharmaceuticals, financial services. So I got to got exposure to a lot of different industries and their issues early on in my career. And then uh, later, I was recruited by uh, Pacific Gas Electric Company uh, to join their team and, and help build out uh, an industry leading cybersecurity practice and, and general security practice at the company. So I've had about uh, five years of practitioner experience in a major utility doing cybersecurity as well as physical security. And a little bit prior to that, when I was working in consulting, I did have some exposure to SCADA systems and, and helping the American Gas Association develop the initial, uh, at least some 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 preliminary uh, SCADA protection and encryption technologies. So I've been doing this for a long time, love it. It's a great industry and uh, I've always been pleased to help uh, protect not only you know our, our uh, nation's infrastructure, but but our, our business and, and commercial interests as well. Well, that's terrific context for our conversation here because, as you know, whenever the nation-state threat comes up in conversation, first topic is always the power grid. The enemy is going to take out the power right. grid. Talk to me about some of the realities as well as the myths about power grid cybersecurity. Yeah, let's, let's start with the myths. I, th I, th I think it's important to understand that the sky is not necessarily falling with regard to the, to the power grid. There is a lot of work being done. And, and if you look at some of the reporting and the news bites and, and, and things that you see in the media, it's easy to get the impression that the people who operate the grid and who are responsible for it are, are asleep at the wheel somehow. And th there could be nothing further from the truth. I think uh, several of the myths indicate a lack of attention, uh, lack of awareness, unpreparedness. And, and that's simply not true. The, the major participants in the power grid including the, the major utilities and, and uh, other, other players, spend a great deal of time learning about the threat. I mentioned it was my job way back in the day to understand what the adversary was capable of. And they spend a tremendous amount of time studying that, practicing responses to, to attacks, developing security protocols and procedures. And one of the interesting characteristics about uh, the energy uh, industry is that it features a necessary and uh, voluntary mutual cooperation and coordination 
effort across the board. They share information like no other industry I've ever seen. Uh, if something happens to one entity, they're immediately on the phone with each other and through a variety of, uh, of uh, industry and uh, government organizations sharing that information, helping each other to understand what it is, what the impact is, how you might want to respond and preparing for that. And I mentioned that they spend a great deal of time practicing uh, this past November was uh, one of the GridX exercises. And they have these every two years and, and it features hundreds of entities who come together along with government partners to practice responding to a cyber and physical attack on the grid. How would you respond? What are the different scenarios that we can expect? And what are the protocols for uh, uh, minimizing the impact of that and getting back to uh, uh, to good. So I think I think the perspective that nobody's paying attention is one that we really need to correct um, because they really are paying attention. They take it very seriously. There's an incredible amount of awareness, a lot of work, and a lot of uh, dedicated people who are focused on that problem every day. So at a time when we've got heightened awareness to potential threats to the power grid, what would you say is the state of cybersecurity for the nation's power grid today? You know, no one's perfect, Tom. I would say that first and foremost. But I think I think there's been a lot of uh, good hard work done uh, to help prepare for that, to anticipate those sorts of things. And and we're not alone. It's not it's not a utility standing out there by itself. I mentioned there's a lot of cooperation, mutual aid that that goes on necessarily uh, between the utilities. You know, if you think about the grid, the interconnection uh, of of the various utilities who are participating in that. You know, you have to have a lot of coordination, and they do that. Um, they're very good at responding to emergencies, you know, fires, physical emergencies, outages, storms, and they're becoming equally adept at responding to cyber emergencies. And there's a cyber mutual assistance program among the various utilities that if somebody needs help with something, they can do that. So, so I, I think they're well positioned to respond. Nobody's perfect. Uh, you know, I wouldn't say that, uh, you know, they've got it nailed. You know, nation states present a, a clear danger to any industry, not just the, the critical infrastructure industries in the United States. But I think the, uh, the power industry has spent a lot of time thinking about this problem. If you think about critical infrastructure in the United States, you know, if there's no power, it, it pretty much uh, jeopardizes the, the other critical infrastructure industries. Um, you know, you can uh, run generators for a certain amount of time, but putting fuel into a truck uh, pumping it in by hand and then distributing it, uh, pretty you know, runs runs out of a uh, being realistic a realistic solution, uh, if you will, uh, in a, in a pretty short amount of time. So so having you know the energy industry and up and running and protected is something that you know we spend a great deal of time thinking about. Bernie, it's become almost a cliche. We've heard an awful lot about information technology, operational technology, SCADA of vulnerabilities. It's always come up when we talk about critical infrastructure and the power grid. How have these been addressed in this industry? You know, that's an interesting phenomenon. I, I you know, if you if you go back a little bit and look at the way SCADA and industrial control systems evolved. You know, they, they were never really intended to be plugged into an internet that was accessible by a foreign country, you know, thousands of miles away. But the reality is that being able to gain efficiencies, we've done that. If you're a, you're a, a SCADA system uh, vendor or an ICS component vendor, you know, updating your product and supporting your product is obviously cheaper if you can remotely access that over the internet versus rolling a truck out to, uh, you know, a company's uh, factory or, or substation or something like that. So 
you know, limiting what can go into those operational systems is the first step. And I think a lot of companies have identified that. If you look at the leading approaches to cybersecurity, you know, in the past, I feel uh, we as a as a as a practice, a cyber practice, tended to peanut butter cyber controls across an organization. Today, we do that less so. We focus on what are the crown jewels, and that is what are the absolute things that you have to protect. If you're a if you're a utility, for example, you know, losing control of your operational technology is is obviously uh, something that uh, is a is a really significant problem. So protecting that, limiting who can access that, how it can be accessed, from where it can be accessed, um, those are the type of techniques that are being employed today to limit that exposure. Additionally, those vendors are starting to build in protocols and uh, uh, security capabilities into their products that didn't exist in the past. I think there's a lot of work being done in, in you know, first of all, limiting who can access those control systems. Uh, and secondly, building in the cyber uh, protections and security protections that didn't exist in the past. So building on that, from your front row seat, where do you believe that the U.S. has made its greatest strides in improving power grid security? You know, I think first and foremost, to, to be frank, it's, it's the awareness and knowledge sharing. If, if you look at other industries, you know, they, they, they cooperate and they share, but there are a lot of, you know, legal and competitive obstacles to doing that. The, the electric industry, you know, companies tend to be natural monopolies, so they're a little more open to or able to, to share. I mean, you know, there's still some, some restrictions, but they share a lot of uh, information. I think that shared awareness and that mutual assistance and the ability to uh, look at what's happening across the industry has really been one of the most significant uh, steps forward for for security, that and bringing in people who are focused on that. Uh, most of the uh, larger utilities today have have significant investments in cyber teams who are dedicated to doing that. In the past, we might have had people who had, uh, uh, you know, that, that was a side job is, you know, running the cyber systems today. Virtually all of them have a dedicated team that, that looks at that looks at what's coming. The the other, I think, big advantage, and it, you know, it goes into the information sharing and awareness, is that there's a tremendous amount of support from both the commercial sector as well as the, the uh, federal, state, and local governments in supporting critical infrastructure today. If something happens uh, in one area, there's a lot of uh, support from, you know, if, there, if there's a criminal act from law enforcement, if there's some sort of nation state from the federal government, I mean, there's a, there's a significant amount of assistance that, that's available. And I think that's another one of the biggest uh, strides forward. Uh, a lot of our regulatory agencies have the ability to, you know, do it just by, by, uh, by nature of the work that they do to understand what works well, what doesn't, and share that information, you know, across the industry. Bernie, I don't want to ask you to draw a roadmap, obviously, but what gaps do you still see? I think that's uh, there are a couple of areas where uh, you know I think if you you ask anybody they would agree. So so first and foremost, and I you know we started talking about it at the beginning. There's you know, there's certainly a difference between information technology and operational technology. It, you know it's improving. I won't say it's a huge gap right now, but in the past there was really sort of a a wall. The cyber guys focused on information technology. That's what they were good at. That's what they knew. But today that operational technology that used to be the domain of the operators, uh, you know certainly in a utility, 
those roles and responsibilities are evolving. Um, and, and I think, I think they're on the right path. There's a little bit of work to do there, but that, uh, that shared responsibility for protecting operational technology with the same level of expertise that I think we see in some of the information technology is vital. The next area that I see where there are potential gaps, um, and this doesn't exist only in the critical infrastructure or the utility industry, but certainly in supply chain security, you know, understanding and proving the provenance, if you will, of the components that go into your industrial control systems is of vital importance. There's a lot of focus on that today. Uh, there's a lot of work being done. But if you look across uh, some of the other reporting, uh, you know, there's some, uh, I- I've seen some news reports about restrictions on using components from companies like Huawei. I guess, you know, I understand from from fear, fear that there might be the ability of the, the manufacturer to be able to uh, look into that technology and somehow manipulate, understand, see what's going on across that. Those sorts of considerations certainly exist in the ICS world today. The next area that I would I would say is a little bit gapped is insider threat. You know, if we think about a nation state, we typically think about somebody coming in externally over the internet, launching a cyber attack. But if you can't get in that way, there's certainly the opportunity to do that from the inside. So, you know, you could you can envision scenarios where people are either either inadvertently or wittingly, I should say, or unwittingly co-opted into being participants. People who click on a phishing email, for example, are generally unwitting participants in a potential cyber attack from the inside. In other cases, I've I've heard um, of uh, people being hired into a company for the express purpose of either finding out intellectual property or perhaps doing something internally. So that I think it's a little bit of a gap, and I think a lot of the uh, critical infrastructure teams are focused on that or starting to focus on that today. And I think the final gap, and this is not just for the utility industry, is we all know that there's a shortage of people to to do this work, this vital work. Um, cyber skills need to be. Uh, expanded they need to be we need more people doing this sort of work we need to be focused on it so i think that that's a gap that we have nationally and it doesn't matter what industry you're in or whether you're in the private sector or the government sector but i think the people is something that we really need to focus on bernie we're sitting here obviously at a time when there are heightened nation state tensions between the u.s and iran what specific concerns do you have that iran or any adversary could actually compromise the power grid you know, uh, you know the, the nation-state actors have demonstrated both the willingness and, and the ability to carry out cyber activities against, you know, the United States, against uh, our critical infrastructure. You know, my, my concerns are really that we tend to focus our efforts internally. That is, it seems that we wait for something to happen, uh, somebody to get, you know, attacked, share that information, or somebody gets breached, or something happens on the inside of the network. So we're, we're really conducting that effort, that protection, and that, that battle, if you will, internal to our networks. Whereas I think where our focus needs to shift, and I think there's some, some interesting technologies coming out and, and players coming into the cybersecurity space that, that take that effort, if you will, that defensive effort in a proactive stance outside of the network, out into the internet. You know, looking at, uh, uh, I mentioned adversary tradecraft, looking at how things are being conducted, what activities happening on the internet, and disrupting that action before it becomes a problem on somebody's network inside. So those those are my concerns. I I, I you know I know that uh, uh, nation states are out there probing constantly, just as uh, criminals are out there probing constantly. You know, being able to focus outside of your own network, stopping the stuff from getting in before it happens, lets you focus on the needle in the haystack that may be inside.
Bernie, last question. What can you tell me about utility technology solutions in your new role there as Chief Security Officer? It's a really exciting role where we are looking at uh, both technology that uh, supports the grid in the future, modernizing the grid, as well as innovative cyber. Uh, that's my role, looking at innovative cyber solutions out there that could benefit the grid and help help protect it and help uh, protect our crit critical infrastructure. So I enjoy a lot of time out meeting with companies, talking to people, uh, talking to utilities, looking at what their concerns and issues are, sharing the knowledge that I've gained and then helping them introduce new technologies that might be, uh, might be of advantage to them. Well, Bernie, I appreciate your time and insight today, and I look forward to continuing the conversation down the road. Thank you very much. My, my pleasure, Tom. Thank you. Again, the topic has been nation-state threats to critical infrastructure. I've been speaking with Bernie Collins, his chief security officer with Utility Technology Solutions. For Information Security Media Group, I'm Tom Field. Thank you very much.